This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome back to another episode of Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew here with my guy Spencer. And Spencer, we just wrapped up the league, baby. We got no real movement at the top. We got a little bit with European qualifying places, but our focus was at the bottom. Down go Leicester Everton survives. What a weekend. What a weekend. Was it? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, right. So I think we were set if you start, if you start on Saturday, if you start on Saturday, what a weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Abroad we had, I, I don't know if I was happy about it, but some fun stuff to get into a little later, but in the uh, prim, I, I don't know. We just, we were set up for so much drama. We kind of touched on this last pot, I think of like so much yeah, drama it was a little... was in order like a few weeks ago. And then it just all kind of fell a little flat and just kind of how we all expected it to for the last several weeks. But uh, what can you do? Another season in the books. I, I don't know if it'll be the most memorable one. It was, it was right in front of us, Andrew, but it all kind of just slipped away over the last few weeks. Thanks Arsenal. Thanks Leeds and Leicester for not making things dramatic, but at least Leeds and Le- or, uh, Leicester and Everton gave us a little bit to yeah. watch out for this weekend. That was a bit exciting, but uh, overall, just a, just a kind of ant day, no drama at the little, top. Really. Yeah, when when we're yeah, but- already in the intro, like reaching for oh conference league movement, like that's okay. There wasn't much going on at the top then, eh? <laughs> yeah, and, and and I know we usually focus pretty you know English domestic leagues here, right? Um. But I think kind of the the big move of the weekend was Dortmund making Arsenal feel better about themselves on Saturday. And then Luton was on Saturday too, right? Winning promotion in a crazy, like, long game, right? Went to Penns in Wembley, like, everything you could kind of ask for in that game. So I feel like I feel like if the days were to reverse, right, if the final day of the Prem was on Saturday, we'd be like, okay, yeah, that was fine. But it would have ended going up with, like, it would have been ended on a crescendo with the Dortmund bottle job, Bayern winning the league, and then the Luton Town game, right? I feel like if it went the other way, we'd feel better about it. But it kind of decrescendoed, tailed off, as it were. Mm-hmm. And it left a little bit of like a okay, yep. So I guess that's it. That's uh that's the whole season. So I yeah, I, I definitely definitely agree. But uh let's let's go through. I think I think we just start kind of we just kind of start there. We uh Everton, Sean Deitch, completes his perfect transformation of this team. Does a wonder job. Just an incredible – the football was impressive. Spencer, I know you loved it. I know you were locked in. He can't keep <laughs> getting away with it. <laughs> oh, Everton. Oh, and man. he certainly did. He certainly did. They survive. Um it looked like that was the most jeopardy we had for a while. They were drawing against Bournemouth until what? I believe it was like the 75th or 80th minute or so. And Decore kind of pulled one out for them. Uh, Leicester were leading their game. So it looked like for a while that the 
the Everton, I don't know if magic's the right word, but this never being relegated <laughs> spell was in pretty serious jeopardy for a while. But nonetheless, they will be staying in the Premier League. Again, they kind of pull out a somewhat dramatic survival for the second season in a row. And I, yeah, I, I no, mean, I, 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 I think yeah, there's going to be deeper questions here to ask as we go forward, right? But for now, it's look, uh, you're you're playing on the field. You play on the field. You're dropped on. They were playing in a relegation fight. Surviving was their number one priority, and they've done that. Um, can they sustain that? Can they get out of this relegation muck they found themselves in? Right, like we see a lot of the times. I think teams get into this relegation cluster, and it's only really a matter of time before. Before it gets you go down, right? So I think that's a question we can dive into that. That's a way bigger discussion for maybe later this offseason or something. But for now, staying up, uh, still never been relegated, still in that elusive group of, I believe, seven or eight teams that have never gone down. And well Mm -hmm. done for them. But uh, Leicester City, former champion, a a team that I. Speaking from my standpoint, a team that helped me like fall in love with this sport with their whole story in 16 when they won that title magically. Go down and tough. Uh, that was a tough one, man. I, I was really hoping. I've always had a kind of a soft spot for Leicester. They've played some really good yeah. football over the last few years even, and to see them go down was a little bit of a gut punch for me. But uh, what, I don't know. Overall, what do you think about uh, our friends Lester going down? And we can kind of get into Leeds a little later. Leeds USA. Yeah, so, uh, we'll uh, we'll absolutely do our little say something nice about Lester, say something nice about Leeds, but to just kind of cover it. Um, Lester with just a less pragmatic approach, right? Like Everton's kind of been here before and knew to panic to Deitch early when it wasn't going well, right? Whereas. Lester put off the firing the manager. They don't do anything in January, really. Like they, I, I think it seems to me like they thought they'd be fine, right? Yeah. It feels like the whole time they were like, I can't believe we're down here. Like this is this is crazy. We have James Madison, we have Harvey Barnes, so you know what I mean. Like we have guys, like we have good players. You look at Everton, it's kind of like Alex Awobi and Abdul Decore are going to get you out of this, right? Like where are the goals going to come from? Lester played well and like played well against West Ham, right? Like kind of when they needed to, like did come up with two goals, right? Winning two to one. Um, whereas Everton, they, okay. Scored on an absolute rocket, but that Everton Bournemouth game was a horrible game to watch. Yeah. Right. For it obviously mental, like, and I don't mean this in any bad way, but like the motion of it, like mattered. But the football was poor, right? I mean, we can say that. And it's not surprising that Bournemouth-Everton wasn't exactly a match of the season, right? That's clearly, you know, elite teams like Southampton and Liverpool that are playing matches of the season on their final day. But they had a, you know, they they get the kind of, they do get a wonder goal, right? The decore comes through, absolutely smashes it. And Leicester played better, won their last game over another team down here. And couldn't get any help from Bournemouth. Bournemouth, I think, is just so happy to be safe that, you know, didn't put up a ton of fight when they really needed to. Yeah, I mean, I think Bournemouth played. They came out and played. Right? I mean, it's it's Everton, right? I mean, 
they, yeah. they, they this was a pretty much a Sean Dyche special special in this game. Like this was a one nil ugly game where they just kind of pull a goal out from a corner, or a long shot or something. That's that's kind of the Sean Dyche blueprint, right? Like they've done that a few and they did that more than Leicester Leeds did this year, honestly. And that's the difference in them staying up and the other two's going down. And I think I agree with you with Leicester. Like it was a matter of they seem like, what are we doing here? We're we're gonna get out of this. It's gonna be fine. We're better than this. Yeah. They tried to do essentially like a West Ham, but there there was only room, I guess, for <laughs> one team to really do that. And West Ham figured it out a few weeks ago, right? And got enough wins. Yeah, to much keep much, to, much to my chagrin. I much to my chagrin. I West Ham did eventually figure it out, and you know, enjoy your hundred million for Declan Rice. It'll it'll really help. Um, <laughs> but like. Um, yeah, I think Leicester's definitely the bigger story than Leeds, right? You already look at it like who's going to go grab Madison, who's going to go grab Harvey Harvey Barnes, right? How many of these guys have relegation clauses in their contract where they get to leave basically to whoever? Because um, some of that stuff has already come out about <clears throat> Leeds for uh, Aronson, I know, is where I saw it. And of course, we're US-based, US-focused, so it's easier. To, you know, that stuff might already be out there, but we're going to see the Leeds stuff and not see the Leicester stuff. But um, I think just for my quick say, nice, uh, say something nice about Leicester before we touch on Leeds, just real quick. Um, yeah, James Madison's really good at soccer. I think that's it. And I hope he finds a new home and I hope it's not with, you know, United or city. So that's kind of, it's kind of my hope. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, we've been saying it for weeks now when they found themselves there is I, the reality of it is what they it seemed like they were thinking is true, right? The players they have are too good to be where they were at. They There were holes on the roster, but they had less holes than like a Everton or a, even a Bournemouth or a Nottingham Forest who... Yeah. The, the, well, like, even like that, talent to cover the holes. They have holes. Right. All these teams have holes. But you're like, okay, a Madison free kick. Like, we'll be okay, right? Barnes yeah. goes on a run. It just didn't happen. Yeah, and they have the players, the talent at least, to... Player, I mean, not even just the talent, right? We've seen a lot of guys that are on that team right now. This team was finishing seventh a couple years ago, you know, and in Europe and stuff, like a lot of the same guys. So it's a shame for Leicester now that a lot of those guys are going to leave, whether they have relegation clauses or not, a lot of the guys are going to leave at cut rates compared to what they could. And we've, we've touched on their financials before and those being really not in good shape. So yeah, it, it, it could be it could be an ugly slip for them. I, I hope they don't have a a leads like fall through the pyramid or something like that. I, I hope we see them back before too long, but it could get ugly before it gets pretty in Leicester. That's for sure. Switch switching over to Leeds real quick. Um, an absolute just conclusion, I guess, is what I would say. Like to the season, right? Like this is where this has been headed. Like the fact that they were mathematically still alive. And then how did they fight on the last day by just completely shambolic defending, looking lost, still grabbing a goal, like, you know, four, one to Spurs is not Spurs are not great. Right. They can overrun you if you're going to be the, like the least organized defense anyone's ever seen, but yeah, man, since uh, since Tyler Adams going out, Leeds has been horrible and horrible to watch. They were headed that way when he was in there, just to be fair. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, 
I was kind of hoping they would somehow survive and like Everton would go down. I think I kind of said that at the end of the podcast, but they gave up a goal like five minutes in or something to this goal game. And I just went, okay, well, that's dead. There's no shot they can come back. This is everything. It's gone. Uh, yeah, they didn't even get to the five minute mark. I, I just looked to check because I yeah, two. I, yeah, yeah. See, that's that that was the game, right? Because I think uh, both Leicester and Leeds, right? And this is no disrespect to Everton. I just I I have more vested interest in both Leicester and Leeds. I was hoping one of those two would survive. Um yeah. Leeds Leeds most so because the obvious American connections that are still there, even with Jesse Marsh out, but that went on the big TV for me at first. I put the other two games on the smaller ones, and literally as the stream started, I'm watching oh, Youngman's son square one for Harry Kane and go into the net, and I'm like, well, yep. this game's probably over, right? And I think that's just – it was a microcosm of Leeds' whole season, man, is they just could not keep the ball out of the back of their net. And when everything was on the line, when the like their survival in this league was on the line – they couldn't even get to two, the two minute mark before the dam broke, like against the no. Tottenham team. Who's really, really been struggling of late. Like they lost I, right. I, a bad game the week coming into that. And it's just story of the season, man. And it's a little bit of an, in, I don't want to say an indictment, but it definitely, the, the American experiment does not look as good now. Do I think that was the main issue? I think actually Tyler Adams maybe comes out of this smelling a little like roses. Cause they were at least, somewhat defensively competent right, well, in the lineup. Yeah, all, yeah all, the, all those games where they only lost like two to one, uh, like early in the season, I feel like every, every score was like two to one when he was playing. It was like, okay, like it turns out he actually just was keeping the floodgates closed. Like Tyler Adams is the difference between respectability and unrespectability. Um, so yeah, not to just talk about Tyler Adams. Uh, I hope he finds a new home back in the prem or back in the top flight. Um, for him, I McKenney's already gone back to UVA. Leeds isn't going to buy him if they're not staying up. Um, that didn't go too well, but yeah, they are no, that didn't go too well. It turns out they really did need him. It was kind of like a luxury purchase or loan in January, right? We're like, oh, we'll add to this. No, you're gonna need him to play about every game. Um, yeah, McKenney doesn't look great. I still think he's just at his best playing for the men's national team, right? Um, but we'll 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 have so much time to talk about all of that this summer. To go from oh, unless you got one more thing, I was ready to go to Spurs. Yeah, just one more thing on Leeds I wanted to touch on really quick yeah. is over the last few games, um, once Big Sam had taken over, it was really weird to me that they were so reluctant to go to Wilfred Noto. Like this guy yeah, was no really time, good yeah. for them earlier in the year, and he's just mm-hmm. rotting away on the bench. Big Sam didn't want to use him and Look, it's not the difference in them staying up or going down. Like this team, their problems were at the back and not getting any reinforcements back there. But still, nonetheless, like when you need a spark and maybe some of these play, games, play your best won. players, play your best, players, play your best right? players, right? So, like, okay, like you're not Everton. You're not in a situation where it's like Sean Dyche is going to come here. We're going to bottle this whole thing up and. You know, we're going to be really hard to score against. It's like you guys basically kept all the chaos from Bielsa, but none of the structure and fun, right? It's just like, we're just chaos. We're just running around. It's like I've seen chickens with their heads cut off who have a more normal path through the season, like what they're doing. This is figured out, pop back up, right? I, I don't want this to be the last time we ever see Leeds up here, but this has been a just 
a disaster season for them. Like that, we talk yeah. a lot about disaster seasons as a Chelsea fan. This is just like, wait, what? This team was so much fun last year. It's like, nope, they're not fun. Uh, they literally never let other teams stop scoring. And um, it's all the Americans' fault. Like, it's the trifecta of things that are not fun for me. And I think things that aren't true. But uh, the other counterpart in this game, Spurs, did have something to play for. In true Spurs faction, let their team down, did not get it done. And Aston Villa, welcome to Europe, buddy. Quick thoughts on Aston Villa. Is it com- Conference League, right? I'm not messing that up. Conference League, correct. Um, Aston Villa, I think this just has to be a moment to praise the job that's been done there since um, Unai Emery took Unai over. Unai Emery took over, yeah, man. Because uh, this is from Premier League's website, an article they had on there. Um, When he took over in November, they had 12 points and they were sitting in 16th place. Since then... They got 49 points from their final 25 matches. 1.96 points per game, fourth best in the Prem. And back in Europe for the first time since 2010-11. Look, it is the Conference League. We make fun of the Conference League when it's teams that are like big six teams that get in there and stuff. But for a club like Aston Villa, that's... It's great. uh, they're a long, they're a big club, right? I don't want to diminish Aston Villa as a club, but they they had that wobble. They went down for a few years, like back up to the prim, kind of they're on a nice trajectory, mm-hmm. right? Of they, you know, kind of were fighting for survival the first couple years in the prim, then kind of just went like mid-table, solid mid-table, like not in the relegation dog yeah. fight. And now to take that next step up to Europe. Just well done. Nice to see it's... a new team sneak in there. Yeah, and, and it's it's easy to overshadow it with Newcastle kind of on the same trajectory, but doing better. Brighton out of nowhere jumps up into, you know, European places, right? So I think it's easy to kind of dismiss or be dismissive of it, but getting into Europe's really hard. Mm-hmm. Like it really, it really is. Like, especially for a team that thinks of themselves. I mean, this I don't, this isn't a shot at Villa fans, but probably think of themselves in a higher regard than me and you would, right, being relatively new to the game. We don't have 30 years of Premier League experience where we're, oh, yeah, Villa are at the top. They're one of the top teams. Like, they were a team that was relegated. They were a team that was doing what Everton does now, and they're back up fighting, and they look continue to succeed. Nothing about it seems to be a fluke, which I think is kind of the most impressive thing. Like, use this as a stepping stone. Get in a couple players you wouldn't normally get in because you have European football build. For sure. Um, And kind of flip it over to the Spurs side of it. Just like did all they could on the last day. This was something that they... Yeah, they won 4-1. Yeah, it wasn't really in their hands. They did their part. Right. This is something they lost well before today. A month ago. Yeah. um, Honestly... Not to be too mean, I guess, but this is something they kind of like. This feels like a just ending in the standings for Spurs because we've talked so much this year about how bad of a season it was for Spurs and they were just lingering in like fourth and fifth place. And you're like, well, is it that bad? Like they're they're still in like a Champions League (laughs) spot or Europa League spot. We're complaining about it, but it's okay. Yeah, right. Like, well, we had this conversation multiple times. They'd have like these horrifying results and stuff, and they just were somehow keeping their head above water forever. And just finally at the end, uh, the oxygen tank ran out for them, and they just slid down a couple of spots, finished eighth, and all of a sudden they are the second most disappointing big six team from London this year. 
Woo! <laughs> Title, baby. Another thing Spurs couldn't win. Let's go. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, in, in all seriousness, um, my question to you about this is um, two questions. One, does it feel like an end of an era, right, with this Spurs team as constructed? Because this Spurs team as constructed has largely been the same, right? I'm talking about Kane. I'm talking about Son. I'm talking about, you know, the structure of the team, right? Has largely Lurice. been the same for three, four, five years. Yeah, Lloris, right? Is this either, like, does this feel like the end of an era to you? And two, is missing this, like, conference league just kind of, a like, a blessing in disguise? Like, for Spurs, if you're going to go full reset? I mean, yeah, honestly, I I think for a Tottenham, like, their fan, I, I, I'm much happier to see in the conference league. Like we saw West Ham, like their fans are going to, their fans have cared this year about the conference league, right? That's been a fun run for them. Mm-hmm. Like Aston Villa, I think is very much going to be the same. I, I know you can't just hand pick it to be that way, but for, for the most part, the big six teams, they aren't going to want to be it. They're, they're teams that have been successful. Right. Enough, it's like, a, it's like a, oh, we have to fly to Prague. We have to fly to Prague Tuesday. We'll right. Be back Wednesday. You know, like. It's that kind of thing. And yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I didn't mean to cut you off, but no. Yeah. And I just, I think hundred percent how I feel. Yeah. I, I think it's fine. They missed it. Like, I don't think it's going to be a, I, I know that their fans are so hungry for a trophy. Right. And even if it was a conference league trophy, they'd probably mm-hmm. take that, but this might just be something where it's <laughs> like, yeah, we don't have to play away in Bratislava on a Thursday night. This actually might be better. Well, and like, like I've kind of, I mean, to relate it to Chelsea, right. Who's in a similar position of not having any European football. I kind of, am at this point, like, okay, let's let this rebuild build be as quiet as Chelsea could possibly make it, which is still volume to 11. Everything's crazy. Everything's news. Everything's a problem. But like when Tottenham gets bounced, if Tottenham say they were in the champion or the Europa league, right. And they get bounced early. It's just more bad stuff. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it just is more just like banter crap, right? That English teams have to deal with a lot. This reminds, I kind of think of it as like, this is if like they went on a three game losing streak at the end of the NFL season. And all of a sudden you have like a top three pick, right? It's kind of how this feels like, it's like, okay, we can kind of reset, right? Like we can focus this summer on selling Harry Kane, trying to keep him from Man United, right? Like is Son going to stay here? Like what's this team going to look like? And not have to be in this weird, like, no, we're just building for the future. Like, it's okay to be like, hey, we didn't hit our goals this year. We might have to do an actual kind of reset instead of just being like, nope, we'll bring in a couple new guys. We'll, you know, like, it's more of a true, like, here, like, water finding its level. Like, you guys have not been good enough, and this isn't good enough. You know, and maybe I'm just coloring it that way with my Chelsea ideal of it, because I've kind of made my peace with it. But that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I think you have a point, right? That they can look at it as more of a there. There's not really silver linings at all of like, like we didn't. You're Tottenham. Your your expectation was to make Champions League, and you didn't make Europe at all. Yeah, that's a complete and utter failure. So you would think that it's a perfectly a, fine season. Right, just happens I, sometimes. If if I'm a Tottenham supporter, I'm hoping that's telling Daniel Levy like, hey, we have to change some things here. Like it's time to really do that full at least retool of the squad and really bring in some new players yeah. but I, I don't know if i trust him to do that but i, I do love the idea no, I, <laughs> I do love the idea of like 
just total tot- Tottenham move of like, well, it's good we're not in the conference league because that's one less trophy we could not win. <laughs> like yeah. one less I, thing and I, that I, I, I don't get chirped for losing. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean it more just as a um, like a clear like think about it. if you if they had like scrapped for fifth, right? Mm-hmm. And then say you guys win the Champions League, and all of a sudden they're in a Champions League football team, even though they didn't fucking earn it, right? Let's say all those things happen, and now Tottenham's in there. You can't tell yourself we need to burn this all down and rebuild it to be what it is if you have Champions League football. If you have Champions League football, you have to just keep adding on. You can never get rid of it, right? You can't do a hard reset if you got to go play at Madrid on Thursday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll lose by 100, and then you will get, like, shit talk. So even if they've been wanting to kind of burn this thing down and build it back up, you can't if you have Champions League football, right? You're like, realistically, you can't. You have to try to compete, and you have a shot at winning it because it's a single elimination tournament at some point. But, you know, like, that's more what I'm saying. I'm not here to shit on Tottenham for being – you know, 10 spots better than Chelsea or whatever it ended up being. But that as a Chelsea fan, I've already, I've been in this mindset for like two months and that's when I've been able to rationalize it too. So if you're a Spurs fan, one, I can't believe you listen to us. That's incredible. We should on your team all the time. I'm so sorry about that. But two, like join us in the shit. Like we're here. It's going to be a long summer of fab tweets, man. We're, we're here for it. Same as yeah. you guys. It's, it's, just the constant cycle of being a fan, right? Just telling yourself whatever, whatever narrative makes you feel best at the end of the season. Like that's all you can do as a fan. Right. And just hope, <laughs> well, if this happens at a plus B equals C, then we're going to be great next year. So for Tottenham, if we hard reset, like, cause be it's good. yeah. Cause if they don't, it's such an easy thing, right? We got the best striker in the premier league, right? Outside of Erling Holland. We got one of the most dynamic attackers, right? If we can get a coach who can just kind of harness that shore up the back a little bit, we're top four, baby. Right. Think about, I did that in three sentences and I'm not even a fan, <laughs> right? Like how easy would it be? Like you, you've already seen my Chelsea, like quote unquote optimism come through where you just go like, well, it's gotta be better next year. Like it's easy to do that to yourself. So that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up that way. For sure. For sure. So I'm sure there'll be some rose colored glasses in North London here before too long, but Danny rose colored glasses, maybe Danny rose colored glasses, but <laughs> let's move. Great. Let's move it along to uh, the other happier London days that we're talking about. Andrew. Oh, hold on. No, real quick. Congrats to Luton. Oh yeah. Luton, happier days congrats. coming into the premier league, joining Burnley and oh, I'm going to blank right now. Cause I, of course I'm steering the conversation. Um, Sheffield United. Burnley coming up. Sheffield United and Luton winning on penalties after 120 minutes at Wendley 1-1. Getting over Coventry. Um, Luton, you've already seen it online, have a comically, like, bad-looking stands stadium, right? Like, I'm I'm kind of excited for, like, a quote-unquote proper football club to be back up in the Premier League, right? It's like the... It is kind of like the variety is the spice of life thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that it's going to go real well for Luton next year. It's going to be hilarious to watch, like, you guys show up and play at Luton. That'll happen next year. Yeah. Riyad Mahrez really and KDB and Erling Holland are going to be in a dressing room that looks like it's, like, smaller than my apartment. That'll yeah. probably happen. And yeah. that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I am excited to see, like, Kevin De Bruyne and Marcus Rashford 
walk through somebody's backyard to get into a stadium. So that should be a lot of fun next year. So congrats, Luton. Actually, I, it is a cool looking stadium. I am excited yeah. for the scene. No, it is. I, I love it. It's like, it's and like, the story okay, is this great. is where Tim, this is, yeah, the story is great. You should look into it. We don't have a ton of time to spend on it and we'll know more about them by the time the season rolls here. Um, but congrats. I do. The guy who missed the penalty for Coventry I saw today has already been like released by the team, which is brutal because he did not look like he wanted to take that. Um, but that is our championship update because we keep it about the prem here and we got to we got to welcome Luton. Welcome, Luton. Hope we hope you guys can stay up. We'll like to talk about you more than one. More season, to come. But welcome to the club in teams that are somehow staying up. Chelsea which is I know where we were going before. Sorry to sidetrack you to Luton there. Um, have actually signed their record fourth manager of the year. I don't know anybody else signing four managers in a season. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Um, but no, Mauricio Pochettino is set to take over on July 1 because of contract obligations with uh, PSG. Spencer, your thoughts on the appointment? Um, Look, I was firmly of the camp that there was no use in firing Graham Potter when they fired Graham Potter and just ride yep. this out and see what happens. <laughs> uh, obviously, that is spilled milk at this point. You, you can't put those worms back into that can. But, um, yeah, I, I think Potch is a very good manager, right? And I think it's a good appointment. I think that it could work out very well. Uh, the thing at Chelsea still to me is it's like, They've, they've got to get on trimming the fat this summer and just kind of unifying that squad a bit more. Um, we we much don't much even employ man. Danny Drinkwater, so you watch it. You watch <laughs> it. Trimming the fat. Danny Drinkwater's not here. You're the one with Calvin Phillips. All right? So I don't want to hear it. Fair enough. <laughs> Joking. But... Uh, <laughs> go ahead. But I just – it's – I think Potch is a great manager, right? It, it's stuff off the pitch that's going to have to happen to really help that squad become one again because they just look so broken disjointed at the end of the year like I w- i've already seen a couple guys like it says Fe- i saw felix isn't coming back um zakari is not coming back so like trimming a little bit there sure yeah. just it, and, that, and that's on potch's recommendation right right before uh, we like someone actually is making a call with football knowledge and respectability it's not just a Jao Felix does not want to come back, right? So that was actually the thing I liked most about it today. Like, whatever you want to think about, like, Jao Felix, it was not a successful loan spell, right? And Zakaria was here and then hurt and then never played. So tough to tough to say either of those guys aren't good players or wouldn't have been beneficial next year. But at the same time, there's a name to put with it, to put with this decision, and things are already happening. So I'll take it, man. You give me a little crumb, I'll try to be positive about it, hey? I mean, yeah, we just we we made a positive spin for Spurs a minute ago. So I mean, uh, we can definitely spin Chelsea positive. I'm sure you've been telling yourself narratives already <laughs> for sure. It's it's like I said, rose colored glass season soon. So I, I think he's a great manager, right? I I think he could do good things. I agree with you that the fact that he's putting his name to these moves is great, and you know, just need more of it. Let's see, let's let's see how it rides right. out before I can really say what's going on I, it needs to be less silly yeah. this transfer window right it needs to be more uh, serious no, like That's yeah not just more silly serious season. yeah more serious season for chelsea like if you saw only like seven fab tweets 
about Chelsea this summer, I think you might actually be thrilled. Today? Oh, <laughs> no, it, it, that'll never happen. I he tweet about us once every 24 hours or his past moves or his the players. Um, <laughs> he loses a toe. It's crazy. He did it once last summer. He's down to nine. Um, he'll never make that mistake again. Um, but even then, like, just real quick, um, Poch is going to try to keep Mount around. Doesn't seem likely. Seems like they'll probably cash in on 70 mil from United or something like that. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is kind of already being talked about in a move to um, AC Milan, right? But but like things like that have to happen at this point, right? I would I would do whatever it takes to keep Mount, right? Break the wage structure, whatever you got to do. But at the end of the day, somebody has to make those decisions and stand by. So I'm just happy there seems to be an adult in the room at this point and somebody we can be like, that was good or that was bad and not just like, did Todd Bowley orchestrate all this? Is he making these moves based on FIFA? I'm just happy for that narrative to like slow down or stop if Pochettino's here. It's like we have an adult in the room should be okay. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I think it's a good appointment on paper and yeah, hopefully he's got some uh, balls to tell those people on the board or bully or whoever to just shut the hell up and yeah. be a little more quiet this summer. But yeah. Yep. I've already uh, had three different, uh, podcasts or uh youtube videos telling me how they can still afford declan rice and victor Oshman. it's like no, no no just get rid of these guys just get rid of these guys first we have to move players out before new ones can come in um but uh i think let's uh let's kind of go through the, the rest of europe but the biggest move another team uh at this point of the season famous for just firing people regardless of uh championship or not but byron win their 11th straight Bundesliga title Dortmund doing a great Arsenal impression and just bottling it more kind of in a condensed version right Arsenal bottled it for about a month um Dortmund bottled it in about 30 minutes and then didn't know what to do with their bottle job but congratulations Bayern also they fired everyone attached to the management of the team so what's going on I don't it's the it's the worst celebration I've ever seen to a title win <laughs> yeah I, I, I guess uh, look it was a real kick in the balls man we kind of had all gotten behind Dortmund um really just wanted to see it's not anti-Bayern propaganda but just really wanted to see somebody that wasn't Bayern just win the league just for fucking levity's sake I wanted to see that and Dortmund had like four I, I think the XG in that game against Mines was like four point five two to like one point zero six or something and they managed to draw two two and even the draw like they, they scored a goal with almost the last kick of the game <laughs> just to mm-hmm. get to two two made it a little interesting they kicked one up the field the ref was trying to do everything he could he actually gave them like two extra minutes in stoppage time they just yeah. they didn't have enough magic man they ran out of gumption at the worst time and it was it's, it's one of the worst bottle jobs we've seen in a while that Mines had nothing going for them in this game. Um, no reason really to no, do anything. It was, Frankfurt or Frankfurt, it was sorry. Brutal. Cole almost rescued us. Um, Hennis, shout out Hennis the goat. I was really trying to summon some magic from mm-hmm. him. They drew it pretty late on a penalty, but then Dortmund scored in like the 89th minute or something and two on them. They went on goal difference, and I guess that's 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 what gets everybody fired. You can't win a title on goal difference at Bayern. You need to win by at least. Oh, no, we, five we've won points. this title ten straight years. We never do it on goal distance. We have, damn it, we have standards here. Um, couple, yeah, 
couple quick notes. Reyna looked great when he came on. Nice for a little Reyna thing, even though it was kind of in vain. Um, came on too late. Spencer, Spencer, be really careful. As a Chicago sports fan, I would never deal with a goat in a sporting situation. That's how you don't win titles for 100 plus years, right, with the Chicago Cubs. So just be really careful. Um, Universe, those tweets all came from Spencer. I would never mince with that dark magic. Um, three... Congratulations to Byron. And then they fired everybody involved except for Thomas Tuchel, which is kind of like the takeaway is like, wait, what? You guys did like a great escape. You fired Nagelsmann for no discernible reason, right? At least that we can, like nowadays, right? Now that you can tell, like fired him for no discernible reason, picked up Tuchel, played worse, lucked into this title win, and then you fired all the executives, like Oliver Kahn, gone. The other guy, uh, Sama Haivich, am I saying that right? gone like all the names you know from Bayern who get things done in the dead of midnight for 15 million dollars less than the going rate gone so there is movement over there at Bayern they're not resting on their laurels clearly yeah we how dare they I guess the sentiment there is like how dare we fire our manager who was you know guiding us pretty comfortably to a title and then lose to the team that everybody thinks is going to win the Champions League and still win a title on only goal difference, like we have to fire everybody. So I don't know. They just do it different in Bayern. Congratulations, I guess. Uh, maybe next yeah, year, Dortmund. Probably not, but whatever. Probably not. Um, yeah. And I mean, not to end on a whatever note, like it, it was a very exciting, it made for a very exciting Saturday, like we already talked about. Um, a little disappointing just because we always are kind of agents of, it's not our team involved, agents of chaos is kind of what I think we default to. Um, but no, an absolute bottle job. But real quick before we uh before we get out of here, Spencer, any more soccer? Is the season over? Are there any more meaningful soccer games, or is that were those the last ones? Oh, I got two nerve wracking finals: Manchester Derby for the FA <laughs> Cup this weekend. Um, not a ton of thoughts, really, honestly. Just uh, be the second leg of this potential treble. Really looking forward to it. Should be fun Saturday, but. It's always a tough game against United. Neutral venue too, mm-hmm. so we'll see what team comes out. But yeah, no yeah, Martial for can get United. No Martial for United, and then the Champions League final the next week. But uh, we will absolutely talk to you guys about all of that. As that is now the Manchester City is the only show in town, so we will continue to bring you that as we get into silly season here in the off season and uh, come up on Women's World Cup and a couple other things. But um, unless you got anything else, Spencer, I am uh, ready to get out of here, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Um, next week, awards, team of the season. We're doing all that next week, plus FA Cup recaps. So join us for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, kind of yes, dive sir. into the UCL final, too. But uh, that's all we got for this week, man. Until next time, uh, we'll see you guys then. All right. See you guys.